Welcome to the Ignite Podcast, the only healthcare marketing podcast that digs into the digital strategies and tactics that help you accelerate growth. Each week, Cardinals experts explore innovative ways to build your digital presence and attract more patients. Buckle up for another episode of Ignite. Guys, this is going to be so exciting, man. I'm thrilled here. We've got Lynn Robbins, the VP of Marketing for one of the biggest home health groups in the country, Traditions. Lynn, welcome to Ignite. How you doing? I'm great. Thanks. Lynn, where are you based out of? Well, I'm based out of New Hampshire, a little, little seacoast town called Portsmouth, New Hampshire. But Traditions Health is based out of our executive offices are in Nashville, Tennessee, and our uh, corporate support center is where we were founded in uh, Bryan College Station, Texas, basically wow. College Station. And they moved to Nashville. They moved the executive offices and, and a lot of the executive team. Um, Nashville is a healthcare mecca. My prior employer is also based there, HCA or the Hospital Corporation of America. So there's a lot of expertise in that one yeah. town, city. And so we've been there since April of last year. And so I spend a, a little bit of time going back and forth to Nashville and back and forth to college. Do you have direct flights to BNA? I do. Good. From what? <laughs> From Logan. From Logan. Okay. So yeah. You gotta drive a little bit. Lynn, you've been in healthcare marketing since you got out of school only yeah. five years ago, right? Five. Since you got out of school <laughs> and the, the dark side of the, tell them how you got to traditions because From, you've done a little bit of different things and that'll frame up your experience yeah, sure. and insights we'll give. So I got out of college and didn't know what I wanted to do. And, <laughs> and I knew I could write well and I, I did some reporting for print at that time. And then I moved into a boutique agency, advertising agency that specialized in healthcare and actually real estate at the time. And so I really resonated with healthcare. Uh, my sister's a nurse. I just knew I couldn't do that side of healthcare because it, it makes me icky. <laughs> so, so I'm so grateful for the people that can, can do the hands-on care. That's where I felt resonating with doing the support for patients and families and getting that word out. So then I ended up being asked to start at a, a new position at a large hospital that served Central Florida and was really the safety net hospital. So if you know anything about hospitals, some are academic safety nets, some are academic, some are a little bit less safety net oriented. And this was a safety net hospital that really did some great work. And so I was brought on to start the communications and marketing around a LRDP, what they used to call labor recovery, delivery, postpartum. It was an all-in-one suite and we did babies, NICU, you know, just everything. And so that was a great way to get started in acute care. And so I learned a lot and molded my position into overall marketing, public relations, communications for the hospital itself and the health system. And then I met and married my husband. We moved to a different location. And I spent a little bit of time in media relations for a NPR PBS affiliate. So that was fun little deviation. And then came back to healthcare in the post-acute space, which is in that case was hospice and palliative care and pediatric palliative care. And then moved Northeast again, where I grew up and my husband grew up and spent more time in post-acute care, but on the business development side um, and developed about a 24 to 25 town region for a VNA hospice and uh, community services, senior care services. 
and then returned to acute care and worked for the New Hampshire market of HCA, specifically Portsmouth Regional Hospital and Parkland Medical Center. That was a really, really interesting experience around working for a national company with a local footprint and how that scalability and support at a national level helps us do the work locally. And so that was a really great experience. And then I was recruited for this position based on just having that post-acute and acute kind of marketing background with national organizations. And I'm, I'm really thrilled and privileged to be supporting Traditions, which has three business lines. One is home health, the other is hospice, and the third is palliative care. Tell us about how those three, and it's cool. You had a little bit, you worked in the hospital care coordination. You got comms, you got media, you got marketing, and now marketing is your favorite and it's the best thing you've done. But that's cool. And Traditions was smart to bring someone that's done a little bit of everything and worked with the hospitals that I assume yeah. are a big referral system. They wanted to know mm-hmm. how to get more, I guess. Uh, yeah. So, but Lynn, tell us the difference. Home health, because we got dental marketers, derm marketers. And so I want to outline what does Traditions do? Talk about the three service lines. And then the main ways to acquire patients, is it just direct? Is it just through hospital? Tell us everything. Okay. So I do the side that's kind of dual, just like pharmaceuticals and medical devices and hospitals market to consumers or potential patients. Post-acute must do that too, to continue to grow as, as organizations. Instead of just assuming the referral source will make the referral to traditions, you also want to push the the patient family member to understand not only your brand, but the value promise of your brand and what it means. I was brought on to kind of build the consumer marketing side, as well as support our sales team, uh, which is very broad with the referral source messaging. So we do both, but we came on as an organization for marketing around really that external resource and then also providing support both digitally and in printed pieces and promotional pieces for uh, our sales teams to do their referral source work. Yeah, very cool. So you not only need to hope that the referral comes, but you also want to go grab the patient. You just, so adult daughter or is it? Yeah, it's very true. We, what's your proportion of? Yeah, our, our main as, as the marketing team hitting the consumer side, our main audience is women 40 plus. They are usually making the decisions. Doesn't mean that men don't, but um, we had to be very specific and uh, focused, laser focused on what that audience primarily is and how they make their decisions. That is our main focus. As I said, we also do referral source marketing as well, but that is our second focus right now because we've got this huge sales team obviously out there doing that day in, day out, face to face. So what do we do to help undergird that? And we do a lot with online and digital in addition to the printed side of the house. Undergird, we're learning a new word. I haven't used that one before. I like it. Okay. I'm learning new ones every time. I'm talking All right. That's good. People. Okay. Let's get to the second most important way of acquiring new patient. And then the first way we call them patients and senior care, not resident. Not patients. Not yep. Patients. They're all patients. I'm never as familiar with the senior space of my colleagues. And it's not just the senior space, Alex. You know, you could need home health if you broke your leg and you went to the hospital and it was complex and you came home and you need a PT. We would come in your home and take care of you. So 
it isn't just a senior level space or worst case scenario, you had a heart situation Mm -hmm. and you had to go into the hospital. They brought you home and uh, you needed some additional nursing care or again, therapy, occupational therapy, physical therapy. We do all of that in the home space. It's not senior only. What proportion of the home health is senior? I don't know the exact percentage, but I would say that probably three quarters. Yeah, so it's, it's majority, but still, it could be me. I tear my yeah. Down, I need in, in fact, my husband, yeah, my husband just had home health unrelated to anything senior level oriented, but it, it happened and he needed some additional support at home. Man, you got a lot of people to market to, multiple service lines, B to B, yes. B to C, different demographics. Yeah. So Alex, we just did something really cool. And to your point of how do you bring in and be um, methodical and, and innovative is, you know, when I was brought on, I said market research has to be done in this space because we don't always know what we don't know. I was asked to do two things when I came on board. One was to do a new website, which you know about. And then the other was to do some very specific work around brand. And you can't do work around brand without doing research. And market research is expensive, but it's really important in understanding who are our audiences and what do they think of us? What is it that they need? And how do we, you know, gain market share from those insights and implementing those insights into recommendations and then eventually tweaking, refreshing and or rebuilding a brand? So that's what we have just finished doing. We just finished the market research, which was pretty extensive. It included referral sources. It included consumers, both quantitative and qualitative. And then uh, it included our key stakeholders and employees because yeah. employees are referral sources. Did you hit the clinicians or home health? Yes, we did do referral. Like yeah, that's smart. Mm-hmm. So you hit them all. Did you use an agency or you guys did internally? You got to use someone third party. We, oh, yeah. I'd love to say that okay. that I had a team of people that could do that. But um, we were, you know, we were building a department at the same time we were doing this. So we used an agency and uh, they've been pretty... What's the name of the agency? Let's give a shout out. Franklin Street. Franklin Street. Out of Richmond, Virginia. All right. I'm going to hit them up too, my new friends. I like that. I'm totally in the market research lately. I I, I think it's... It's critical as we're entering in a recessionary period, you got to do more with less. And if you're like, and then that was really your marketing dollars anymore. Yeah. And and if you don't know what you don't know, you're making decisions in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. And we know that, you know, marketing is being asked to do more with less. And if if we're doing more with less, we need to be also understanding being data driven. And so if that's true, marketing for years never really reported off based on how did we execute and how did we affect change? And without data and without that research that informs the data, we, we can't move forward. You've got the research back from Franklin Street, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, any big ahas? Yeah. The idea of the adult daughter actually doesn't even care what the hospital tells her to go, who they tell, like what, any big ahas you got? Oh, there were some ahas for sure. And this is across the board, acute care, post-acute care. We like to focus on quality, quality scores, quality indicators, what makes us super outcome oriented, superior outcome oriented? How do we extend that information to our referral sources and our patients and families so that they feel that we are the best and that they're in the right place for the right care? What's interesting is that most people 
especially consumers, assume that's the case. You don't need to tell them that. They're going to assume it because that's what they believe. So how do we take the importance of quality metrics and make them relevant to the consumer who assumes it anyway, but how do we, how do we make that engaging? I found that interesting in both uh, my experience in an acute care environment as well as post-acute, that the average consumer assumes quality in healthcare. They, so just saying highest quality outcomes, the consumer says, no, duh, dude. Why? Yeah, so tell me something else. And, or deliver this message in a more um, quantifiable, quantifiable, but not even that. Make it more gut oriented. Like, how does that resonate with me emotionally? Yeah, get mama home faster. Yeah. yeah, get mom home faster, get her healed faster. So, like, for us, one of the things that we do a little differently than some of the other post acute providers is okay. we have wound care certified nurses going out to do wound care in in home health and hospice how is that important to the end user you know for someone that doesn't know much about home health again the assumption is you're going to take care of us and it's going to be the best so how do i pivot that important certification into an emotional resonance for the patient yeah, to where they're going to pay more too, right? I mean, I, I'm in, huh? we all get paid the same depending on like the Medicare. Reimbursements are, yeah. haven't changed, but wages have gone through the roof. And you're providing specialized wound care people when other competitors right. aren't. Tough, tough, tough. Tough. And in a staffing shortage across the board, this isn't just hospitals that are running across. You know, healthcare is in a staffing crisis. So, you know, you're doing all these things and you want to do them safely with the right number of staff that, you know, you had asked in some of the questions ahead of this podcast, what are some of the biggest challenges you have? And for sure, it's um, how do we optimize our staff for the best quality outcomes for our patients? And, you know, how do we also engage potential staff with those things that are important to them and bring them on and retain them? So should I assume you're not just helping out with consumer marketing, but also brand ex- corporate branding, brand mm-hmm. experience? Yep. And, and supporting our, re- yeah, uh, supporting our recruitment team. You are? Um, yeah, we don't, we, I would okay. be the last thing I'd say that we, we do yeah. super well. Okay. What we do is they're the experts. We help them with uh, the social and online aspects of um, recruitment. And um, mm-hmm. and how that works. We are getting more requests every day for help on the recruitment side. And we're, eh, you know, we can't go get clinicians for you. It's Set hard. Career site, say the right yeah. things, get the listings yeah. for SEO so that you drive in the right. stuff. So the recruitment team can right. focus on the clinical roles instead of worrying about front office. Anyways, I, I'm not the expert. April 27th, we have a great uh, webinar coming up about talent staffing. So anyways, Ooh, I'll check it out. Guys. Yeah, yeah, that one will be really good. We got a partner talent care that specializes in it for healthcare, so that'll be good. What is the other biggest challenge? So recruitment, staffing shortage. Well, uh, we've what's actually, the biggest thing you're going to deal with this. Yeah, year? well, I think um, for us too, uh, we have been growing exponentially through mergers and acquisitions, and we put a pause on that for a number of reasons. And part of that was to really become so when you're bringing on all these new employees and onboarding them and enculturating them. 
Um, there's a challenge in them feeling embraced and understood. You know, they're all in different states and they're coming on board to a, a, a bigger, more nationally based post-acute environment. And how do we make them feel a member of traditions and also make them feel supported and know that we're going to be providing the kind of care they are proud of and want to be a part of. And so as we came into the end of Q4, Q3, beginning of Q4 of 2022, we put a pause, you know, intentionally so that we could do a better job in embracing the folks that we had brought on board in the past year. So uh, right now, some of the focus of growth for us are what we call de novos and, you know, doing standing up new branches. And so uh, we've just recently finished, um, finished, we never finished, but we recently have stood up uh, two new branches in Texas and uh, they're doing pretty well. And so um, that's part of our, our next steps. We also, you know, are calling ourselves an in-home health system, not just hospice palliative and home health, but an in-home system, much like a hospital system calls themselves healthcare systems. We're a system of care and we want to be a system of care and a partner to hospitals and skilled nursing facilities who are discharging home. And we're just the next step of that, that transition. Yeah. And you don't want to say it's a whole continuum because you're hoping out of home health, they don't need anything else after that and they don't end up. Well, hopefully they're independent, you know, and, and that's, that's the hope. And then if, yeah. if they do have to transition to palliative or hospice, that's their option. And then another area that we're really concentrating on for a number of reasons for growth purposes too is palliative care. Some people are in chronic illness over and over and over again, like COPD is a good example. And they may not be ready for hospice, even though they technically fall in that category. They may be ready for something called palliative care, which provides symptom management and comfort measures while allowing you to pursue curative treatment. And so that gives you the both and, and, and it's a really important service to provide uh, a family, especially um, as they're trying to put their heads around what's next for their loved one. How long people can be in palliative for a year plus? Forever. Yeah. I mean, not forever, but I mean, like palliative isn't a time-based service where, you know, home health is based on episodic or episodes and hospice is six months or less. Palliative can be as long as the patient needs it. Yeah. Yeah. And then hospice is, you know, tired. Yeah. I was the adult son that made the decisions for my dad. I was the adult daughter too. Yeah. Yep. The hospital gives you three options, but then you go look them up and then you go do your own research. I, I, I'm right. Just, and hopefully I've done the right job with the team of people that are smarter than me, getting you that it's serving you up that information digitally very easily. You now have a nice website that's easy to navigate and, you uh -huh. and SEO. Thanks. To, you know, thank yeah. You. Okay. Thanks to your team. <laughs> Um, so I hope so, but it does come from both ways. Lynn, very sharp. So you're talking about top challenges coming. What are you most excited about? So you have a lot on your marketing play. Lynn's a VP. So on the, we talk managers, directors, very service clients. Like, yeah, I need to stand up the BBC ads and get tracking. Lynn, you're overseeing everything, including recruitment support. So what do you, what are your favorite tactics this year? We've got a lot. This is April. I don't mind dating these things. Chat DPT is all the rankings and we've got yeah. tons of happening with the algorithms and Google and all that kind of yeah. stuff. What's your favorite channel? What do you plan on investing more into? We're in the early part of 2023. What are you excited about? Oh, gosh. Well, we, again, doing more with less. And so we are, uh, we meet weekly with our team, our digital team to really yeah. 
hone, uh, be nimble and pivot when needed um, on our digital tactics because they drive that to our, obviously our website, our request care form, which was built to um, bring in referrals through referral sources, patients, caregivers. We evaluate that and determine what digital channels are best. Yeah. You know, and, and so you've got digital team in-house talking about, I only got you three more minutes. Talk about the in the in-house team that you have. Yeah. And then how do you, how do you do more with less this year uh, using contractors agency? Like, yeah. A little bit of everybody. A little bit of everything. Sauce. And you're big and you're still constrained. So what do you yeah. We're still constrained. So we're always looking at how can we build our organic footprint as well as our paid footprint. And so we have a five member team. One is very specialized in digital one is very specialized in marketing operations and collateral. One is specialized in events management and the other is specialized in graphic design. And we work together very intentionally. And then we also have a team that we work with. We're owned by a company called Doralton and they Williams, often... Williams Racing Baseball. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> um, yeah, we're like sexy Williams and then traditions. You're bringing bringing sexy back for home. That's what we're doing. Bringing the Williams team in. No. Um, So we are um, excited about the fact that we have a team there that also support us digitally, um, are able to pull some very important reporting matrix from um, our EMR our electronic medical record yeah. and our basically our our growth. Is it a lurking function at Doralton that's doing that? Or those are the yeah. finance? No, we have finance and marketing together. They have marketing for 12 portfolios. And so we have a team of two that work with us very specifically. Listen, my smart PE firms have the marketing function at some of my smartest ones. They have a marketing function to support. Yep. It makes it cheaper for- Supports all of the, the, yeah. So you've got marketing ops design full-time. Okay. Good. And a digital lead. I love that. I'm seeing that more and more. And honestly, events are important. They're costly. So if you can do them in-house, um, when you have to go out and do, when you have an 18 state footprint and you need to bring them all together for either a national sales event, a national administrator event, uh, you know, those are important functions to have. And people come with some specialty toolkits. She does a lot more than just events, but but that's something we do too. What I'm excited about, I guess, too, is building out our content and content curation. That's going to, you know, you know about search engine optimization, obviously. So the more that we're building out content that can be found and curated correctly and yeah. through multiple channels, um, we're focused on that because we didn't have a lot of, say, video and blogs internally. Um, and we started building that like um, almost immediately. Yeah, good, good, good. And the video, the AI can't do yet. So that's good. Keep going on that. We're trying to keep up with the time. That sound like a grandpa. No, we're, we understand. There's too yeah. much around. There's, it can't, yeah. like, yes, I mean, we've talked about chat bots. We've talked about all of that too. Yeah. You got to be careful about, especially in the post-acute space, being personal and um, yeah. And, and also nimble and innovative. So there's, we're, we're still talking about all those things. Marketing automation, of course, is very important. So we're an adolescent, we're a big company, but we're still growing into ourselves. Yeah. It's not fun to be an adult. The events person does, what are the, that's the B2B side. And what are they doing? Local activations for hospitals? Well, actually, reception? she's, she's going to be doing two things, right? She was hired to do, and it wasn't B2B events. It was our own events that we would do. Um, so if we had a national sales event, a national administrator, we have administrators of every single branch. We have over 130 branches 
But we also have a community relations event side. And so building event toolkits that you can take out at every person, account executive, administrator, can work with our event person to build their event matrix. Let's get referrals from senior living too. Or mm-hmm. they have to think have an issue and then they find it. Is it senior, all the senior living type stuff? There's in, you know, assisted living, uh, there's independent living. Yeah. Sometimes there's these three in one communities from independent assisted to skilled. And then there's, you know, senior housing and all of those are important. Got it. Got it. And who markets to, those are your salespeople. Salespeople. And we help support them. Yeah. yeah. Collateral, making sure you're found on Google. Yeah. And those people well, and you know what's a big part of that is Google business profiles. The so okay. another thing, well, yeah. And also just building those out. Um, reputation management is another one that doesn't get enough. It's not sexy until you have a lot of negative reviews. <laughs> and then it's too late. <laughs> then it's too late. So if you're doing your social listening, you're doing your reputation management, you're monitoring your Google sites, then, then okay. you're you're starting to really pay attention to what's important and getting out in front of any. What tools are you using? Yext and a podium. And We're hoping to we use Yext. What do you want? We're yes. hoping to use Yext. Good, good. They're good. They're out. They're schmucks, but the, the tool is the best one. Yeah, no, we're good. trying. It's you know, again, we're an adolescent, so as we build our our uh, reserves for those kinds of things. Right now, we're doing it on our own, and and I got to tell you, our digital marketing person is amazing. Much. Yeah, that's yeah. too much. Good for the digital. Part. That's that's all. <laughs> yeah, the reviews. Good. What do you do? What do you what are you doing them? You we um, you know, yeah, we're going to. Um, we haven't yet because you know you have to have your you have to have your branches ready for that. Um, okay. And so right now we're we're dealing with yeah. So that's part of the plan for 2023 is getting those those branches up and ready for that. Because if you're soliciting, you're going to also be soliciting locally for those things. And so you want your branches ready to embrace what's coming in. And so that takes some strategy in advance. But right now we are talking through those that already are out there. So the positive ones we respond to, you know, obviously with, you know, a, a great response. And then the negative ones we send forward and we we talk it through and most of the time it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing either they've had the dialogue or it's a you know it's not a real review or um <laughs> or it's something google can be disputed on and taken down yeah 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 and for the most part when you're actively soliciting you'll get the positive polys if you're just waiting, yeah. you're only going to get the negative. You only get the negative. So just- and honestly, people aren't going to give you positive. They're going to tell you negative. So if you don't solicit positive, you know, people are wired to complain. Yeah. Right? I mean, you know, you, you expect in healthcare the good stuff. You dispute the bad stuff, right? Yeah, and it's never the care you get. It's always front office, insurance, verification, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Don't start me on the insurance. So yeah. it's always that. <laughs> um, any final words then that you want the rest of healthcare marketing marketers around the country to know? Some insight you found. I love the market research talk we've had. Yeah, I, we jumped I just, hearing a cardinal, and I'm like, "What's your value? Pro- how are you different? You don't even know." But anyways, yeah. anything else you'd love? Research, to research, review, evaluate, and then. Make sure that you're, you're telling your leadership team how marketing is, is making a difference and producing results and returning investment. What are things you show? Uh, we do, we do monthly scorecards. 
you know, and basically contain leads, ROI, patients activated. Yeah. What's that? So, so good example is here's, here's where we succeeded with monthly qualified leads with our digital uh, paid search campaign or our display campaign. And then we talk about, we have Meltwater and Sprout on, on platforms. We talk about how earned media can translate into what it would have cost to actually spend that money. We talk about pitches. We talk about the digital footprint. We also include how much time we've spent in the month producing the re- required referral source needs. And so we, we build out what, what traffic we manage. There's all kinds of things you can do. Uh, we build out our Google analytics and say, here's, here yeah. were the top pieces. And then we talk about our blogs and our videos and what, what. And that's awesome. And a lot of people don't do that, guys. It's just as important to report up to leadership, the business. You need to understand the business. Like, right. Remember how Lynn was talking about like MA has got to stop. And it's because the multiples are inflated, but lending is high. Like you have to understand the business. You and do. pivot and say, let's pivot to DeNovo. She's reporting out to leadership while they're probably on their team and saying, hey, listen, and, and listen to what she said, earn media. We're translating that to what it would cost to buy you. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Lynn, if you've got a dumbed down, non-secretive version of a scorecard that we could maybe say send out or something, non-secretive, take out all the secret parts, but man, I would love to feature. That's awesome. That is awesome. If you yeah. don't feel comfortable, I get it, but we aren't doing that as marketers. And then, you know what? If we don't. Six months later, we get the call. Cardinal gets the call. We have to prove ROI and we've got 30 days to do it. Are you joking? What are we going to do? Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a discipline you got to get into. And honestly, um, right now we're just focused on digital and we got off the, the broader template. And so to your point, I can certainly share the template. I might not share what's inside it, but, but the, the idea is, for us to show return on investment for their marketing investment yeah. in us. And their feedback by Doralton, you guys heard it. And most of our clients and listeners are too. So especially when you're feedback and you're not like the catch-all hospital system, it does matter. The ROI matters. Get ahead of it. Lynn will share a little bit of what she can on the scorecard. I'll post it. We'll promote it. I want everybody to see it and get ahead of it. Now, if you bring that to your C-levels and say, I'm going to create a scorecard and I'm going to educate you every month, you're going to raise your game. more money as the director of marketing. I love that. Lynn, thank you for joining us all the way from uh, north of Boston. I appreciate you coming here. And if they need to find you, traditionshealth.com or go to LinkedIn, Lynn Robbins. It's not going to be down an email, but go LinkedIn, Lynn Robbins. Yeah. She's been incredibly helpful to us, to me, to our agency. Uh, so I know if you ping her there with a question, she'll help you. I'll welcome it. Absolutely. Thank you. Lynn, thanks. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ignite. Interested in keeping up with the latest trends in healthcare marketing? Subscribe to our podcast and leave a rating and review. For more healthcare marketing tips, visit our blog at cardinaldigitalmarketing.com.